Welcome to the Wealthy Money Property Podcast, your ultimate resource to unlocking your inner property guru and building a property investment portfolio. Now, introducing your host for the show. So guys, welcome, welcome, property magicians. We're on episode 102. This episode is proudly brought to you by the Wealthy Ones Property Stockfile. Yes, the Stockfile is now being an entire, (laughs) is now live and it is uh, sponsoring our podcast, we've decided. So it's a thing now. So um If you've just joined us, my name is Vangile Makwakwa. I'm the host of the show and I help women of color heal ancestral money trauma so that they can fall in love with their bank accounts, increase income and live their best lives. You can find me on Facebook, um, Instagram and Twitter and LinkedIn under Vangile Makwakwa, also under Wealthy Money on Facebook. With me is my incredible (laughs) co-host. Hi there, Vangile, and hi there, property magicians. I am Dr. Miranda, Prop Doc Mom. I am the co-host of this show and the founder of Wealthy Ones Property Stockville. I'm a property mentor, and I mentor um, beginner property investors, especially the ones who are in their professional jobs wanting to start a side hustle that is lucrative and build real wealth. I take you from anxiety and fear to investing in your first deal whether you buy the brick and mortar or you invest passively so on this show we've got an incredible incredible young man guys I am so inspired I want to leave my job (laughs) we've got we've got a sourcing agent today Um, I'm sure if one of my mentees is listening to this this is how you meet a real estate that works for investors, a sourcing agent, not just any vanilla agent, a sourcing agent. Take a listen. You're going to be inspired. Yeah, guys, you're about to be blown away by Alfred. But before we even get started, we just want to remind you guys that the Wealthy Ones Property Stock File is open for the general public. If you haven't listened to episode 101, we shared how we raised 331,000 rand in five weeks weeks. and we are now on route to raise we want we would like to raise at least a million rand by January for another incredible deal that we're working on which is a flipping deal where you can make 15 percent return on investment in uh, in three months (laughs) so definitely get on board come check out what we have been up to right and join us um, for the webinar on December 2nd, on Thursday, 6 p.m. South African time or 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. And you can join at wealthy-money.com forward slash stockfile. Again, wealthy-money.com forward slash stockfile. And stockfile is, um, is spelled S-T-O-K-V-E-L. Right, so it's wealthy-money.com for its slash stock file. So we'll see you guys then. And without further ado, let us talk get to in. Alfred and get to know him. Okay, so welcome to the show, Alfred. How are you? I'm amazing. I'm amazing, Vangile. How are you? 
I'm fine, thank you. So, Alfred, can you please introduce yourself? Tell us who you are as a human being. How do you define yourself as a human soul? And then tell us what you do. Yeah. <laughs> uh, amazing stuff. Will do. So, let me begin with who I am. So, I'm a 21-year-old property investor currently staying with uh, my grandma in Soweto. Okay. So, I was originally okay. from Congo. Now, I was All born right. in Congo, oh. me, my mom, and my dad. So what happened is my mom and my dad came here as refugees in 2005. And they were escaping civil war. My mom was once raped as well. She got, uh, my oldest brother got shot. uh, And then we had to flee to South Africa for safety. So I came here when I was five years old. So I don't remember anything prior to my uh, (laughs) five years old or any younger. I don't really remember. So I was actually hearing the story from my mom when I was actually speaking to her just a few days ago. And I was like, wow, I can't believe uh, that's the actual reason I'm here. And what happened is we decided to live life in, in Johannesburg slash Hillbro, uh, Hillbro and Berea. That's where I was yeah. actually residing from 2005 to 2018. So I spent my whole life in Johannesburg, CBD. That's all I knew. That's where I grew up. Okay. And from, let's say, 2007 to 2014, that was my primary life. So I'm not really that old, so I'm not really going to refer to me in my 20s because I'm just currently my 20s so I have to reflect on uh, the past and it's a very long story but Um, from 2007 to 2014 I was born in a household where it's full of negativity and reactiveness you know because mm. you you legit uh, taking my mom who was from a village in Congo and you're putting him in Johannesburg Mm. CBD the city of gold it's been happening and now we have to kind of evolve from these uh, from from being in villages to actually staying in sophisticated lives and kind of uh, adjusting to the lifestyle and it's pretty hard because right. my mom grew up in what we call tough times so she never really used yeah. to grow up in a household where she congratulates the child or where they they motivate through buying stuff because right. they never had nothing they don't have money so when you're growing up in Johannesburg CBD yeah. when your child gets an A you decide to take them out I was not I was not on that platform so yeah from for that seven years of my life um I was, I wasn't, I didn't say I was poor because I didn't know how I was feeling at the time. For me, it was normal. Yeah. So I used to have mm-hmm. shoes. Uh, my shoes all opened up. Uh, I had rusty clothes. I wear the same shirt, I think, for five years from grade five. So they used to buy me a bigger T-shirt so that it yeah. kind of fits me grade by grade as I grow up. And it was yeah. kind of fun when I think about it now. It wasn't really that deep, but that's what used to happen. And the most profound moment, I think, was in grade seven, where I really changed as a character, where I realized that. Uh, right. maybe I'm growing up a little bit because what happened in grade seven is I got an award for being sportsman of the year so I was oh, actually wow. like so heavy <gasps> in sports. I used to love sports I used to love life skills and I used to love communicating talking and mathematics so I think I got oh. three or four awards but they were not really in the math or the science division they were mostly yeah. in the life skills the communication the, the life orientation and the sporting so when I went there to fetch my words, everybody was clapping for me. Everybody was so happy. They were like, they couldn't believe I actually achieved this. But what right. happened was <laughs> when me and my mom was heading home, uh, obviously we didn't have a car at that time, so we had to walk all the way home. And yeah. she actually yeah. uh, missed her job on that day. And she was mm. like, Alfred, uh, I can't believe you actually called me here to come watch you do sporting and all that thing. So she actually thought I was going to be achieving in mathematics, engineering, and 
mm. and sciences and she was actually right. angry at the fact that she wasted her time coming to see someone do sportsman of the year because she didn't see any value in that so at that time I was in so, so at that time I think what was very profound for me I wasn't really angry or, or struck at the fact that my mom didn't acknowledge me what I actually right. told myself at that specific moment was I will never from today on seek validation from anyone other than myself because I was super wow. proud of myself like I really worked hard. I was like I was actually doing high jump and I was actually the shortest in the whole uh, uh jumpers and I still won it and I was very proud oh, because that wow. moment when I did that I was profound for me wow. so I told myself whatever I do from today on will never revolve around the validation of other people whether it's my yeah. parents my friends or my family so if it resonates with me and I feel like my gut is putting me in the right direction I will take it no matter what yes and then that was oh my, my life oh my gosh in <laughs> In seven years. Then you decided this in grade seven, Alfred. In grade seven, I, I let me let me continue. It gets much more interesting. Yeah. <laughs> so, oh my gosh. Uh, in 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 from 2015 to 2018, that's where me and my mom moved from Hillbro into Beria. So it's actually the same side of the same coin. It's just uh, another section. Mm, and yeah. I stayed there for like three years, and I had a bunch of nice friends. I was I was very comfortable in that position that I was in. So I never really grew up in an environment where they tell you you can be successful. You know, okay. uh, the, the closest thing to success is a job at at maybe McDonald's or a job at a security guard. That's the closest thing to success. If if it's anything Absolutely. else, it, it either has to be schooling or Bram next door because Bram was uh, legit next door. So what mm. happened is in that time frame, I was actually struggling or I was trying to find myself as a character, what I used to like or what I don't like. And right. when I realized, like, actually, concrete when when I was doing grade eleven in Aspen Boys High School, I think it was my second week of grade eleven. Yeah. Uh, I was like, oh my god, I'm in grade eleven now. They will need my grade eleven report, and what am I going to do for grade twelve? Who do I want to become? And yeah. when I looked around mm-hmm. me, I never saw answers. Uh, the the mm-hmm. closest thing was a mechanic and engineer or doctor, and I was like, that's not interesting for me. I'm not really into science and sitting down yeah. and always uh, taking theory up. Then what happened was I heard I heard from a friend of mine. His name is Emmanuel. He he actually transferred to a school uh, called Jono Technical High School. So I didn't know what the technical high school was at that specific time. So I told myself, right. okay. He 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 bragged about Jono for like two weeks, and I'm like, no, I definitely need to go to that school. So one day in the morning, and this is another most profound day in my life, where I woke yeah. up, I wore my white t-shirt, my school pants, and my school shoes, and I looked at my mom and I said, mommy, today I'm going to Jono Technical High School. She looks at me. She's like, "What?" I'm like, "Yes, my mom teaching school today." She's like, uh, "Did you apply before?" I'm like, "No, uh, no, I didn't." But uh, uh, I'm going to switch schools, man. Uh, Aston is not working for me. So in the morning, wow. I walk with my friends. So I walk as if I'm going to school. Uh, I reach the admin office. So in the admin office, it's the admin lady I've never seen in my life. I reach there and I'm like, um, uh, "Hey, ma'am, how are you?" Uh, I'm 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 coming here for my class. I think I'm in 11A or 11D. I'm not sure. I'm two weeks late. I'm two weeks late. So the ma'am looks at me like, but I don't know you. What's your name? She searches my name on the <laughs> on the uh, computer and right. she, she she finds my name is not there. She's like, sorry, your name is not there. But I like I swear I think I applied. Uh, when was this? She's like, sorry, ma- you, sorry, you're in the wrong school. Try again. Come with us or something like that. So I'm like, oh, well, that's oh my gosh. I leave the Alfred, admin just office. Just hold on a second. Let me okay. ask you. 
do you even know how much the fees at the technical high school are? <laughs> I didn't. I didn't even know I was in a technical school. I was like, I'm going to a nice school. I all I could hear was opportunity when my friend was explaining oh. it to me. That's all I heard because he kept telling me about how we actually work with cars, how he has a whole workshop, how they kind of do everything in practicality, oh. and I was like, I need to be there. Oh, <laughs> I see. Okay, that is so oh, wow. weird. So how do, how so does funny. how does the story Can end? That is pause. so funny. <laughs> okay, so so what happened was uh, she kicked me out of the admin office, and I'm like, okay, should I go home or should I just take a walk around the school? I'm like, okay, let me just take a walk around the school. So what I do okay. is I do a lap around the school, and uh, on that lap I actually stumbled upon a teacher. Her name was Swanapu. She didn't know me at that time. And I'm like, yeah. I'm, I'm looking for, I told her the same thing I told the admin lady. I'm looking for 11A, 11F. Uh, the, the admin lady says my name is not on the chart, but I do remember myself writing a test. When was this? I remember it was an old test in grade eight that I think she even forgot about. But then she took me uh, to the admin lady by the hand and says, can you please check Alfred's name? They tried to check my name. They couldn't find it. They're like, what, what class were you supposed to be in? I'm like, 11A. They're like, where's your previous report from your previous high school? I take out my Aslan Boys uh, uh, report and it's actually grade 11. And they're like, no, if you're moving from a normal school, general school to a technical school, you have to drop a grade. So I'm like, it's fine. It's fine. Just, as long it's as fine. I'm your normal okay. So <laughs> she took it and they just typed my name. Wow. So I was like, just the last one on the list. I was not added legally or at the time I don't think I was added legally, but they just added me and I started class right there on that day. And then I started my technical journey in Jodo Technical High School. And oh, wow. what, what I actually learned from that experience going forth was uh, what I was kind of developing in me was this thing of, I don't seek validation from others, plus I'm not afraid to take risks. Because when I tell mm. my friends, today I'm leaving, going to another school, that's a risk. I'm, I'm legit changing my whole lifestyle from being in a boys' school, at some boys, to completely switching and going technical and uh, on the opposite side of the area. So... Uh, that mindset switch or that ability to accept change was what, what I think was actually built in as a character to me as we speak. And you'll kind of find out why this is so when it actually reveals who I am currently at age 21. But, wow. Uh, so, Alfred, let me ask something else. So you don't know how much the fees are. Had you already decided which stream you're going to follow when you walk into a technical school? I mean, there are technical fields, different technical fields. Did you even know which technical field? What, what was this 11A? Why were you so set on 11A? I, I, honestly, when I think about it now, I don't actually know what was the main point of choosing 11A. But what <laughs> happened was I was actually supposed to go electrical, uh, the electrical route. And then there was this friend of mine called Kulin. I just trusted his gut because he was actually, he had this, this huge personality about him. He was okay. very outgoing, very bubbly. And I'm like, I want to be around this guy. For some reason, this guy is the one that's going to really take me places in the school because I didn't know anyone. I was freshly new. And right. on the spot, I was asking people, okay, uh, what do you do in electrical? They told me you work with circuits, you're doing one, two, three, four. I'm like, I hate that. What are you okay. doing here? Uh, told me sitting and turning, they're working with tools. I hate that. Uh, what? Then they kept, so they kept telling me civil engineering. I said I hated drawing. And one, uh, the last one was actually Chulin himself. He told me that uh, mechanical engineering, where we work with cars, diesel engines. And he said, let me go show you the workshop. So he was right. the only one that actually took me by the end and took me to the workshop. 
and then I fell in love as an automotive student. I didn't even know what automotive stood for at that time. That's I didn't even know what a technical <laughs> I didn't know a technical school existed in South Africa till that day. And I'm so grateful though. When I oh, guys, you have you are in for a treat. This is so funny. Why does it remind me of um the podcast we did with the guy from Cape Town? What is his name? Sidle. Oh, uh, not to Sidle. Lise. Yeah, I just love this attitude. Yeah, what do you do? Oh, I hate that. Oh, what do you do? Ah, I hate that. <laughs> right. I I just I'm so I'm so in love with her, with your approach to things and yeah. to life so far, Alfred. I yeah. love that like at the age of uh, in grade 11, you were already asking yourself, what do you want to become? And yeah. you were able to see that everyone around you wasn't dreaming big enough for you Mm-mm. and that you needed to go somewhere. Like you literally mm. were like, I need to change my environment to dream bigger. So mm. super, super powerful. That mm. is just so. But now let's just fast forward to this. How do you end up? being in real estate because we are on a podcast of real estate why are you even sitting on a cushion with us with Vangile and myself how do you end up in real estate oh my god I was actually wondering how am I going to sum it all up in time no (laughs) let's say uh, during my high school life let's just fast forward that in right. 2018, I started writing a book or a small pamphlet or just what? Was actually a, I think what? the example. I started writing how, 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 what will I do if I had a million dollars? So oh I started writing from one to 100. I wrote, I'll, I'll be skydiving. I'll be doing mentoring programs. I'll be doing this. So I wrote a hundred things I'll do if I had a million rand. And after that, I took it more practical. And since I was in a practical school, it kind of taught me that you have to be doing things. You don't just say you're going to do it and then uh, wait for exam day. You actually do it on the same, maybe because we used to have practicals every Friday. So it it used to kind of be my feedback. And what I did was I said, how, uh, let me name 100 ways to, to make a million. So then I started from one. The first one I wrote was Forex Trading. Second one I wrote was Real Estate. Third one I wrote was start a small business or solve a problem. Then I don't remember from there. I tried to look for that page, uh, but I wrote a hundred things. I remember those even marathons, running, whatever. There's so many things I wrote, <laughs> I even forgot. But I was like, what I'm going to do is I'm going to try ticking them one by one until I find one that really works. That's what I'm going to do. Wow. Forex, wow. I, uh, so for Forex, I actually sent it to a bunch of my friends. I said, my friends are going to handle the Forex. I'm going to try and handle real estate, even though I know I'm not going to get anywhere. And then the last one, which was start a small business, we'll all do it together. That's what I thought initially when I began my whole race. Okay. And wow. in, in, in 2019, one year after, uh, I realized what I was actually working on was building a mindset. So I started reading books like Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Uh, instead of uh, reading my wow. classic novel, Life of Pi, I used to be reading uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, Think and Grow Rich, Millionaire, Fast Lane, uh, Atomic Habits, what? all these books. Because what happened was I made a decision saying that, oh, kind of, I, I usually have these mental debates in my head where I'm like, what must I do that will benefit me in one year, or even in three months? Or what can I yeah. do now, even though yeah. I don't have any resource, I don't have money, I don't have a car, I don't have connections. What do I have? 
I had a mind and I had the internet connection. So what I used to do was I used to download as much knowledge as I can. And I used to sound like I'm crazy telling people I'm going to be a millionaire at age 21, which didn't happen. But <laughs> well, they hate me. I wasn't a millionaire at age 21. But uh, I told myself, what can I do to get me to that goal? So I started reading books, started working on my mindset because that was the only thing I could have at that moment, which was my mind. So I started to fill it with money, 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 or how to make uh, money out of something. And what happened was, Uh, I actually broke up with my friends and uh, I moved to Soweto and I kind of left everything in Johannesburg CBD behind. Okay. But on that day that I left it, I remember, I think it was a few months later, uh, there was a poster on my email saying, Robert Kiyosaki will be in South Africa. And I'm like, oh my God, we need to go see Robert Kiyosaki. And what yeah. happened was I get an email, I think two, three days later saying he's hosting a two-day, uh, two, two-hour free seminar. And yeah. you, you can attend it, it's in Midrand. I'm like, oh, we're going definitely. I call my friend, I'm like, hey, Lunga, let's go. Uh, we were going to, to, to the seminar in Midrand, blah, blah, blah. At this yeah. time, two hours, free, free. If it's free, it's me, I'm there. Then what I did was I told my parents that I need money for transport to go for a job interview. And my mom was like, what are you going to job interview? I'm like, oh, I want to be a real estate agent. Or they're trying to make us, uh, teach us techniques on how to sell houses and blah, blah, blah. Right. I bought that story. I'm really sorry. But she bought that story and she gave me money for transport. Oh. And when I got there, on the taxi, on the taxi, I'm reading this fly. I'm like, I can't believe I'm going to see Robert Kiyosaki. When right. I'm sitting at the small bottom-hand corner there, in small writing, it says, sorry, but Robert Kiyosaki will be attending this event. I'm like, oh. But why didn't you put a post of him if he's not going to attend the event? So I'm like, oh, well, it's fine. When I get there, I meet someone better, which is Tony Nikovic, my current mentor. Uh, but oh, he wasn't my mentor at the okay. time. What, what actually happened was what really drew me to Tony was when he told me three years ago, he looked at us all in the face. Was, he had an amazing presentation. His atmosphere is just amazing. He's like right. three years. From uh, three years ago, I was sitting exactly where you were sitting. And then he told us his story. And I'm like, I, I look at my friend Lung, I'm like, from today on, I'm willing to sacrifice three years of my life to become the next Tony. And he was selling, uh, <laughs> two, day, he was selling a two-day boot camp. Yeah. And in the two-day boot camp... Uh, uh, hi. Hi, Alfred. Well, okay, so we lost Alfred for a short while, yeah. uh, but now he's back. And Alfred, you were just telling us that you, at the event, you met Tony Ninkovic, which, whom, by the way, guys, we've interviewed Tony. He is episode 57. So go check out that podcast. And you, um, you were saying that Tony then said uh, to you that like three years ago I was where you are and you decided you would sacrifice three years of your life to learn about property most definitely that's exactly where I was so what happened was I was waiting for like uh, I was waiting by the door actually I was waiting for everyone to finish talking to Tony so I can kind of see if I can uh, uh, bargain with him a bit tell him I'll pay him in installments or if I could strike myself a deal because I mm. couldn't go home without anything tangible 
So I'm sitting yeah. there with my friend brainstorming how we're going to manipulate Tony uh, or how we're going to actually try to convince him <laughs> to, to actually let us in for free. I don't know how we're going to do it, but for some reason, I believe we could. Then something <laughs> uh, I still can't believe. I think that's the real change or that's what really got me into real estate. Uh, a young lady named Tandeka comes in front of us and looks at me and my friend and says, are you guys going to the two-day uh, uh, boot camp? I'm like, oh, I look at my friend, I wish, I wish we were going. That would be very nice. Mm-hmm. And she's like, how about one of you tag along with me? I'm like, wait, so wow. are you saying one of us should tag along with you to this two-day boot camp? And she's like, yes, that's what I definitely mean. I look at my friend and we have this back and forth two times. And I think on the third time, if he was saying, I want to go, I was going to actually let him go. And he was going to be a real estate investor, probably speaking to you now. But he told me, your Alfred is fine. We're in this together. You can go on this today boot camp. And when I'm speaking to, 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 to this girl, Tandeka, she tells me what she did was actually she went in and asked every single person in that room for 10,000 rand for the two-day boot camp while I was sitting waiting to manipulate Tony. So that kind of mind switch wow. for me was 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 like I, I couldn't believe it. for for the whole two weeks I was just thinking about Tandeka the fact that she went out and asked someone to pay a twelve and the funny thing is she doesn't even know his name or the face she doesn't even remember who it is anymore but that was the person that really put me into this so I I came in as a as a second party because what happens is if you pay ten thousand someone else can tag along with you for free. So I was that for free person. That's how I got into real estate. <laughs> and goodness, guys! Wow, uh, that was luck for me. And I still, I it's a really profound day. And I think I'm going to be telling the story for a long time because I, I still is. can't believe. And what that taught me is like, if you want to be at the right place at the right time, you have to be at the right place at the right time. You at have that to right be there. Time. Uh, yeah, it's, it's just how life works. And if you're really looking for it, it will find you. And, you know, that's, that's not the good part about my story. Like, my, my story just keeps getting better and better, if I say so myself. But, Is it? <laughs> uh, what happened was we went for that two-day seminar, and they gave us a lot of practicality. So okay. it was a lot, I mean, uh, not practicality, theory. it was a lot of three, theory, 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 theory. So they taught us a back-to-back deal. They gave us in its purest form. They gave us uh, how to read OTPs. They gave us everything, and I had a notebook full wow. of millions of notes of notes of notes of notes and i told myself on the weekend i'm going to implement one of these things and th- that one thing was okay. a back-to-back deal that's what i wanted because it was the most simplest you didn't need money you just needed to go out there and negotiate but i you didn't ha- when you have theory you don't really have a practical sense of how it applies and what happened is after the two-day boot camp amazing best i even met andrew walker uh, uh, i can't believe i, oh, yeah. I didn't know of him at that time so yeah. I'm so I'm so disappointed at myself that I didn't know who he was when I got there. That's how rushed into real estate <laughs> I was. I didn't know I was surrounded by the greats like Andrew Walker, Tony Nikovic. I didn't even know they they were like who right. they are. And I was like, now when I when I read their their stories, I'm like, wow, I can't believe I was in the same room with these people. But <sighs> uh, after some time, oh, let's say a week after that whole uh, two day where uh, workshop. I was yeah. amped up, ready to go. I took my three-piece suit. I put it in a, in a, in a, in a small Anyana briefcase. And yeah. I was actually off to, jo- to drop a CV for a job interview. So I went to drop the CV at the job interview somewhere in Johannesburg CBD. And I had to jog all the way to Auckland Park to meet uh, my first agent, the first agent in my whole life that I met. I forgot her name, though, but 
I remember seeing her not so long ago on Property okay. 24. But I ran all the way to, to Oakland Park and I got there one hour late. But I was dressed in a three-piece suit, a beautiful tie. And we went to this expensive coffee shop and they bought right. me like, I think 20, it was a very expensive coffee at that time. It was like 21 rand for a cappuccino. <laughs> oh, I, don't even, I don't know what it was. It was black coffee or something, but it tasted horrible for me. I, I would never drink that coffee ever, ever again. I regret. That was the only thing I regret from that whole experience. But um, uh, I, was, I was trying to ask her. I was actually asking the agent to help me with the rent rent deal. So I, I was very inexperienced. I was just I was right. begging the agent to kind of be on my perspective or on my side. The agent said, I'll right. call you. Right. Uh, till now, I still haven't heard from her. But I was actually ambitious. But after that, I realized, wow, I need practicality. I need something. Yeah. I need someone to teach. Yeah. I, I don't know what I'm doing. I, I, I don't know what I don't know. <laughs> so yeah. that's, yes. when a mir- that's when a miracle happened. What, what happened? happened during the two-day the, the, the two workshop, what I was actually yeah. doing was I decided to implement exactly what Tandeka did. Uh, when, obviously, when the whole two-day workshop was finished, it was also selling us another uh, group session, uh, private mentoring and all that. And there was one that was 5,000 rand for online mentoring. And I said, right. I'm going to do exactly what Tandeka did. I went and asked everybody for 1,000 rand. And I only managed to raise 3,000. But okay. out of that 3,000 rand, I also got the girl's uh, Yani, which is, which is one of my business partners currently. I got her numbers. And fast forward down the line, uh, when I was thinking I need someone practical, Yani texted me. So I got her number by asking her for 1,000 rand. She didn't have it. She gave me her number. <laughs> but that, that number was worth 1,000 rand. Then what happened is when she texted me, she's like, Tony's hosting a, uh, he's starting his whole mentoring program. He's starting it from scratch and he needs new students. Are you in, Alfred? I'm like, I'm definitely in. By that time, I don't know how much the price, how was the yeah. pricing. Yeah. Online classes. I don't know if there's discounts, but I don't care. I'm in. And when I got there, what actually happened, it was, a, it was actually, it was a very, very long story, complicated. But just to make it short, is yeah. I actually convinced uh, my family members that I'm actually going to varsity and I need 2,000 rand every month for a mentor in property education. Because when I went to vet, I was actually supposed to do property studies. And when okay. I looked at the property okay. studies module, I realized I'm only going to learn investing in year number three. And I wanted to be investing. I wanted to make money out of real estate. And I told myself, what's the quickest way to do it? Then there's this thing called short courses in the professional hub. Uh, I decided to do that for the next, I was going to do that for the next two years and then okay. post-grad. And then I was going to become the next investor of the year. But that didn't happen. That I actually went happen. to Tony. Uh, and on the second week, I was on a phone call with Tony and I asked him, hey, Tony, I have to choose between you and, mm-hmm. and, and varsity. What must I pick? He told me both are hard. Real estate is hard uh, and school is hard. School, you yeah. have to study, you have to put in the grind. In real estate, you also have to do the same thing. Long sleepless nights, talk to agents, pick your heart, Alfred. And there I told myself from today on, I'm not going to varsity anymore. And uh, wow. luckily, uh, a week prior to my class beginning officially, uh, lockdown hit. And I'm like, miracle. Again, uh, it wasn't a miracle per se, but when when... When COVID hit, I was at home and I, I didn't go to school. So I didn't have an excuse to kind of tell my parents. And I told them I was doing online learning. I need to pay 2,000 rand for data. And then that's ah. how I started paying for this mentoring <gasps> program. 
And fast forward to that, to who I am now, I actually managed to source uh, three deals as we speak. I just got a bond approval now for one of the deals I'm sourcing to Mr. Kanye himself. And uh, I'm getting a sourcing fee of plus minus 51,000 rand for that one deal. Plus we're working on another one where we're getting the contractor in and uh, that's 65,000 rand from that deal itself. Plus my first deal, which I ever profited from, I got 8,000 from it. I never... Uh, knew where the, 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 the I don't even know where the building is currently I've never met the tenant I've never met the seller I've never met or oh, no, I haven't met the investor I met him six months ago or six months right. after the deal but right. I didn't see the property I didn't view it because I didn't have money to go view it it was in Pretoria it was a two-bedroom apartment uh, oh my gosh. going for for 370 and yeah. I was actually planning on flipping that property that's how I actually got into sourcing I actually planned on flipping just hold on a second, Alfred. You're moving very fast for us. Yeah, moving sorry, quickly sorry, for sorry, our sorry, listeners. Sorry, yeah. So we're going to have to we're going to have to backtrack. So <laughs> tell tell us what how you first got into sourcing and what is sourcing? What do you mean sourcing? What how okay. does one even begin sourcing? Mm, good I a good question, Misa. So how I define sourcing for myself uh, as, as an investor I am is mm-hmm. your job is to negotiate. Whatever you're negotiate. doing, your job is to negotiate and your job right. is done. Once you negotiate, the rest is kind of plug and play. So mm. when I say I'm a sourcing agent, what I'm actually right. doing is I'm going to Vangile and she's an investor and right. I know she has this much or she likes this type of deals. What I go right. is I take mm. a property. Let me give you an example with Vangile's deal. Uh, I actually yeah. tried sourcing a deal to Vangile once. I'm not sure you remember. Was, yeah, yes, this is an yes. actual deal that went down, guys. This happened. Yeah. <laughs> Take it away, Alfred. Tell them how you sourced me a deal. <laughs> we'll do, we'll do, we'll do. So I'll kind of give you the lowdown on the whole deal itself. So yeah. what, I, what I'm actually doing as a sourcing agent is negotiating. That's my job. My right. job is to actually get a property from a certain price down. To okay. uh, yeah. a, a more feasible amount where the investor is so happy to see that equity release because that's Absolutely. the first thing. Or uh, for me personally, mm. I want to see equity release and positive cash flow. And I'm talking high positive mm. cash flow, especially yeah. with my deals and high ROI. And let's say, for example, with Vangile's deal, it was actually in Randburg Ferndale. It was on the market yeah. for $9 million. Mm-hmm. That was yes. the initial listing price. So when I was okay. actually going through Property 24, I was actually looking for a block of flats. And I saw this one listed. It was actually 14 units. Or it was actually written 33 bedrooms. She was lying. Yeah. That's why I was like, oh, why do you write 33 bedrooms if you know it's a 14-bedroom unit apartment? I know. I know so they annoying. Yeah. So they're trying, to, they're trying to entice me. But I'm, I'm happy they did. So when they were like 9 million, I'm like, no, never. I'm going to offer them 5 million. And I was actually <laughs> laughing to myself when I actually clicked. Because I was telling this to myself. I actually clicked the, the link. I called the agent. I asked her to send me the OTP. She's like, we'll do Alfred. Then she sends me the OTP. Then I sign it and I send it back to her at 5 million. She's like, you're crazy. You can't give me, I can't give you this deal at 5 million. I'm like, yeah. the numbers only make sense at 5 million. And what yeah. I always do is I try to get as much information from the agent as possible because my yeah. job as a sourcing agent is to negotiate the price down. So in order for you to negotiate the price down, you need to get information. You need to know the agent you're working with. So the agent I was working with at that time was very um, mature. I think she was in a, a 37, 38. 
and she was very soft and uh, mellow. She was not really in a rush like how I speak. I'm forever in a rush when I speak. When I speak off, I'm gone. That's my yeah, problem. she was but very chilled. She oh, that lady mellow. that we met on Sunday night. Yes, oh, you were there. Did Sunday you come night. that day to see the I went to the deal viewing. Yes, I brought Lisa <laughs> along. Of course, I was like, you need to come see what I'm up to, Lisa. Oh my that gosh. Was Alfred's deal, Miso. That's the one I, that we we're gonna sell as um as break as it up and break it up into units. individual flats. Okay. Can I give you a lowdown on the deal? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, the agent didn't understand what we we're trying no, to she do. Didn't. And then the entire deal fell apart because they freaked out and the owners also didn't understand. It was wild. <laughs> That was very emotional for me, I won't lie. Uh, I think of my sourcing fee was above half a million there. I mean, quarter of a million, sorry, uh, at okay. that time. And I was like, wow, if I get this deal, I'm done. But for me, I wasn't really into the deal. I'll explain why. Um, yeah. When it was on the market for nine million, I'm like, those people are crazy. I'm going to offer them five. So I offer them five mm. million. And they send me a counter off of seven million. I'm like, no, I'm only going to go up to maybe 5.5. And I just slowly increased it. I think I reached. Six, six million that's where I was actually like I'm yeah. not gonna offer anything more and what happened yeah. was uh, I didn't ask for all the documents at the time because I wasn't taking this deal seriously because as a sourcing agent what you have to do is you have to get a lightstone report you have to get the municipal bill you have to get if it's a body corporate house you have to get the body corporate financials uh, you mm-hmm. also have to kind of uh, break it down and do a proposal for your investor uh, giving okay. him what he saves, uh, how much he makes, uh, what's the positive cash flow, and all that. So I wasn't taking it seriously, and I didn't do all that procedure. I just sent in an OTP with my clauses, but my favorite clause was uh, subject to business partner approval, because if the deal fails, I just call Tony and say, can you be my business partner, Tony? <laughs> and then Tony will phone the agent and be like, sorry, we're pulling out of this deal. And I'm like, damn. Damn, <laughs> so that's I love it. signing OTPs. <laughs> So I love signing OTPs because of that specific reason. So I just started signing as many as I could, trying to get as many deals as I can. Right. But then wow. was actually, I, I struck gold with this one because what I did was I asked her to send me a Lightstone uh, report of all the properties. Mm. So when she sends me a Lightstone report of all the properties, I realized that we actually had an immediate equity of 2.6 million. From yes. the so we had 2.6 yes. million to work with. I was like, what? Let's go, Alfred. Uh, I, was, I was amped up. Uh, I started running the growth yield, uh, 16% growth yield, uh, all the expenses, the rental mm. income, the bond, how much the deposit will be, the refurbishment cost, my sourcing fee included. And the, the, the net profit for this deal was ranging from one point, I think was it 1.3 million to 1.7 million. And yes. on average, that's 88% return on investment. So I was like, this deal is off the roof. I sent it to Tony. Tony's like, I have an investor. Uh, I hear your name, Vangile. And I'm like, I can't wait to meet Vangile during the viewing. Uh, when the viewing comes, I don't have enough money for transport. So I'm like, Tony, please, can you cover me on this one? And you can go with Vangile. And then that's when she said, uh, Tony said he's kind of going to walk you through this deal. And then we just lost it because the, 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 the agent wasn't really flexible. Yeah, they wouldn't budge at all. They actually, and I think deep down, Alfred, in the end, they actually went back and said, 
they came back and they were like, if you're going to do, because we were very upfront and said to them, um, there's 2 million equity, 2.6 million equity in this deal, mm-hmm. right? And I don't think, Tony is also very upfront and honest. So we went, we had the conversation and you know what they did? They were like, then they refused to sell. They wanted the 2 million equity and then they wanted a higher price. It was just, really and i think that deep down they really wanted the asking price that they were asking for so mm-hmm. they were just like no we're not going to sell at any price at, at a lower price because that means that we'll be losing 2 million of and course. i don't know if that deal has ever actually if they've sold it yet it would exactly. be very very interesting to find out I wonder, but all of you, you're going to learn the language of property investing. You keep the equity <laughs> secret to yourself, right? You don't share true, it with true. the person you're trying to buy from, <laughs> for heaven's sake. So the equity is your secret as a property investor, but it's a good thing. So Alfred knows mm. it and sells you the equity as the buyer, yeah. which is great. Now, yes. that is what sourcing is about. And mm. Alfred, what 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 one of our listeners will be listening to is did you have do you have to have any money to become a sourcing agent besides mm. negotiation? Is there anything else that I need so that I yeah. can become a sourcing agent? This is incredibly important because someone is looking for a zero money down strategy to start their property investing journey. What would you tell them? Uh, I think Tony would love to hear this as well because I have kind of a perfect answer and my answer is very practical. <laughs> and I think I will refer to, to, to something Bangile said in episode 26, if I'm not mistaken, where she said she doesn't really interview the rich and famous. She just interviews ordinary people, people. Uh, creating real wealth in practical ways. Yeah. So that really resonated with me because what happened is I never had an excuse because this was all I did. If I didn't do real estate, I'll be doing real estate. There's nothing more in between. It's like my job. Awesome. What what I realize you need is you need a phone and an internet connection. Those are the Mm. two things I needed to force myself to and well, what I love about this, it was actually my first deal. So it was actually what got me interested in real estate. So just to give you a lowdown on my first deal, what happened is the deal is in Pretoria, which is completely, I think, 60 kilometers away from where I currently stay. Right. I definitely didn't mm. have money for transport to go there, uh, for food, for, for petrol. It, it was not included there. Uh, I didn't mm. have it. So what did I have? I had internet connection. So she was a, I was speaking to an old soft mommy. Her name was Soti, I think, Soti. She was agent number 67. That was my first deal. I got it on my 67th agent. She was very calm, very what? mellow. You went through and 67 agents before you got your first deal. Uh, I'm actually at 200 agents now, and I only managed to get four deals out of those 200 agents I spoke to. Absolutely. And out of those, because <laughs> uh, I, I did what I did, because now you're going to take me off track. I'm so sorry. Um, <laughs> it's a go for it. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> Uh, with, with my first issue, I was actually the 67th agent that I spoke to. And with that deal, it was, it was far away. I couldn't see, I didn't go view the property. What I actually did was I got the investor to go view the property. So what I did was I made oh. the proposal as nice as possible. I was actually negotiating this all over the phone. The seller was actually a di- uh, distressed 
uh, uh, I think she was 80 something years old. She was very distressed and in and out of hospital. So she really needed to sell the property quickly. Then she passed down the rights to the child. And the child was like, I can't handle this property. I need to get it off my hands. So the property was listed for 370. Uh, the yeah. actual market value for the property was 390. I needed yeah. it at 250 for me to make at least uh, 90 to 60K profit, uh, 60 to 90K profit for myself as an yeah. investor. Or if I was going to look for funding, at least I'll know uh, the profit margins on what I could share with the investor. Uh, mm-hmm. But what happened is the, the seller didn't want to budge below 350 at that time. They were like, okay. no, no, mm-hmm. no, no, no. The highest mm. I went was my 250, which was initially the one I wanted to offer. And on the day, let's say today's a Friday, I send her the offer of 250. She says, no, my, the, the seller is not going to go below 350. I call Tony and I'm like, Tony, I lost this deal because of one, two, three, four. We kind of reviewed my mistakes, what I did wrong. Did I rush? Did I not rush? Then Tony told me something. Yes, for, uh, no for now. Yes, for later. Yeah. <laughs> Tomorrow morning, I get a call <laughs> from the agent saying, the seller is willing to accept 290 max. And I'm like, 290, that's 40K short from where I am. I yeah. can't do your 20, uh, 290. I can't, I'm sorry. Try meeting me at 260, 265. But the seller said no, no, and no. And I was about to let go of this deal. But then that's when I did more research. Tony told me, always do your research. Read your OT, I mean, your Lightstone report over Lightstone. and over again. Do proper valid- validation. Speak to two, three agents in that specific mm. area so i called three four five agents they told me i can sell it for 390 then what i realized was i had an equity release of 100k that i could yeah. source to, a, to an investor tony told yeah. me why don't you source it to one of my students his name is mr Chime. so now i switched my whole strategy from trying to do a back-to-back slash flip into a sourcing mm. deal i started writing a proposal my proposal was first written on paper uh, and then I had to kind of put it in PDF form and blah, blah, blah. And until I got someone to help me draft a proper proposal, which is the one you guys are looking at now. If I still have a page of how it looks like. It's very rough writing, okay. <laughs> very rough draft. But all that I created from myself from scratch, uh, my mission statement, the areas I look at, all those I had to create on that day sourcing my first deal. And I never went to view it. I never saw the investor for six months. So I never saw Mr. Nchimi. I was talking to him over the phone right. the majority of the time. And after the whole deal happened, I got 8,000 rand sourcing fee. That was my first fee from, from sourcing. And wow. what happened was, what I did was, I realized I'm not like other or my peers. I don't really spend money. What I did was I bought myself a Big Mac and the rest I went to pay Tony for my remainder of my mentoring program. And then I thought another, then another, and then another. (laughs) So now when I think of it, I'm like, I wish I bought them kicks, you know, but here we are. Yeah. (laughs) I have another question. Um, Oh, my gosh. So, so Alfred, for a sourcing agent, um, is there a fee, is there a standing fee that you can say, this is what you get or the sourcing agent actually creates their own fee in the deal because there's probably a young person who's listening to you and thinking i could do that but is it is it like real estate agents where they get it they are six percent seven percent seven point five percent or how do you even get there so for me on my side i really try to keep it fixed 
So, but as a sourcing agent, you can source whatever price uh, best suits you or best suits the deal. But I try to keep it at a very minimum of 5% of the purchase price, right? Mm. So let's say, for example, the property is on the market for 1 million. I would like 5% of that. And if you're my first investor, I, use, I usually give you maybe 20% discount on that as well. But what, I, what that does is there's so many deals you work on. There's so many deals that have different cash flows. Some have five mm. grand positive cash flow. Others have 10. Others have even as high as 17. Uh, but what I did was I decided to stick with my 5%, even though the return on investment fluctuates from deal to deal. So that mm. kind of gives the investor his edge where he can get a really nice deal from me at a very cheap price. So it's not really cheap because it's just the same as the, it's relative to the purchase price. So I usually keep it at 5% for me. And when I'm uh, doing a flip or sourcing a flipping opportunity, it's usually 10% of the initial projected profit. And when I'm so doing the profit calculations or I'm doing the risk analysis, what, what I do, apart from all other sourcing agents, because I've actually done not a deep research, but very uh, thorough research on the kind of market I'm in, I realized that most of the sourcing agents are just trying to sell leads. They're not actually selling an opportunity. They don't, they don't, yeah. they don't necessarily run the numbers. How no, much they, don't. they don't. They yeah. don't run you through the process of why am I sourcing you this deal? Why is this deal a good opportunity yeah. for you? They try yeah. to get their sources quick out as, uh, as quick as possible. So I decided That's not it. to be that type of sourcing agent because Tony taught me one thing. In real estate, it's all about relationships, relationships, relationships. It is. It's mm. all about it is. how much money you make, but how much connections you keep. Connection you do. Yes. Because I'm yes. gonna, your, your business really thrives on repeat repeat sales isn't it yes. it's my coming back and being able to rely on you I don't have yes. the time to look for deals as it is but yeah. I probably have money the opportunity mm-hmm. is that I have the next person and the next person who have money and yes. your business is really about you're getting me the best deal I, I agree I agree I, I love this I love uh, which this. brings me to my other question um, before we go into your second and third deal I was very interested Alfred you said you're now on the 200th agent um, and you're doing your fourth deal right but yes. tell us how do you work with the agents and do you are you having repeat deals with the agents or are you planning to go are you do you have anything in the pipeline as a repeat deal for any of these agents uh first of all agents are really a tough bunch to work with especially when you're trying to find your perfect agent that fits you as an investor because every investor is different and they require kind of different communication skills or different personalities to best suit them and throughout my 200 agents, I realized that a majority of them, they were, they were usually, because I'm young, so I'm 21 years old and I'm walking up to a, a one point something million run house and I'm like, I'm going to buy this. And they're like, how are you going to buy it? You barely have a car and you, so you have to really analyze the type of agent you're working with. So what I usually do is I work on my body language because that's the only thing I can, I, I can control. I can't control right. having a car, but I can't control my body language. So right. depending on the agent will depend on how, depending on who the agent is, that will determine who I am as an investor. So if I'm going there and I'm meeting someone who's very straightforward to the point, I'll also be straightforward to the point and we'll, we'll get to securing the deal as quick as we can. 
if the agent is very soft and wants us to take the legal approach or the slow approach, I'll do the same thing. So I'm forever being versatile to the agents uh, um, I work with. But my only, the only, there's only, I think, two or three that actually repeat deals for me. One, his name is Patrick. He's actually my 164th agent. He keeps sending me deals or, or on Property24, okay. even though it's not my area. What I love is he still keeps sending me these deals. He keeps sending me leads. Mostly they're not the ones I look for, the ones I want, but he sends me leads in accordance to what I'm looking for in terms of multi-led. Maybe it might be too overpriced. I can't negotiate or one, two, three. But let me give you an example with one agent. His name is Philip. I think it's 173, if I'm not mistaken. But Yo, they get numbers, these do. people. Because <laughs> no, I save them as that. So I really see them. That's how I remember what deal I'm working on and what number. So I keep I cannot believe you are at, at 200 agents. We That also has a whole question coming, but keep going. <laughs> okay. So, so with Philip, he I went to actually view one deal with him. And I went there with one of my investing partners, uh, Tembele. Yes, Tembele, if I pronounce yeah. it right. But we went for this viewing. It was a, a nice, cozy two cottage, two bedroom cottage. And yeah. I was explaining to him what I'm going to do with this property. So I got there and I noticed he's very young. I, I think he's in his 27, 28, and he's, 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 he's just finished maybe his degree or something. But he, he seems to be holding steady. He has a nice, decent car. And I know that he, he's willing to try new things because he has ventured out or he looks like he's willing to try new things by the way he dresses, the way he speaks. And these are things you see visually. And I, I don't know how to explain it over the audio, but these are the things you see visually. You see his energetic, his outgoing, he holds eye contact. So I keep repeating what he repeats to me. And to my disbelief, when I was actually explaining to him this deal, how I'm going to do a back-to-back deal, I'm going to flip this house. I need it at this price. I need it at 30% discount, one, two, three. I was giving him straight, straight, straight. And sadly, we didn't secure that deal because the seller wasn't willing to go out to our price. They were asking 1.3. I offered them 800. And they were like, no, you, we're not going to take that. Then okay. what they actually did was, uh, uh, just two days ago, three days ago, Philip sends me a deal because what happened is I was talking to him on the phone and I was telling him, this is what I look for in terms of deals. I'm looking for a really rundown property in which I can flip the kitchen uh, tiling. I need it cheap. I need it rundown. The uglier, the better. Then I yeah. sent him pictures of the deals, of the, the, the potential deal or how it would look like and yeah. what price range I'm looking So I'm showing him what I want because yeah. I spoke to him face to face. I told him what I'm going to do with that specific property. Even though I didn't do it, I told yeah. him so that he knows what I'm looking for as an investor because he heard it from me and he knows I'm, I back up what I say. Yeah. And I send him a list of all the things I want. This is what I want. I want a property this size, three bedroom in this area. Mm-hmm. It must look like this. If it doesn't look like this, don't send it to me. Yeah. Then what happens is just two days ago or three days ago, he sends me a deal. And when I was doing my area research, uh, the property can sell for 1.65 to 1.7 right. million. And? and it was listed on the market for 1.5. And Philip told me just by talking to him and, and kind of getting a sense of the deal or what the actual seller is looking for, mm-hmm. he says we can secure it at 1.2. And I'm oh like, okay, that's gosh. a whole uh, 500K immediate equity just from yeah. speaking to yeah. an agent just for explaining to him the deals I'm looking for, even though it yeah. wasn't for that specific deal, but 
he knew what to give me the next time. And uh, he just sent me the OTP uh, yesterday and I have to send in an offer. I'm thinking of sending in a cheeky offer of 1.1 million just to kind of <laughs> the life because I get very cheeky with my offers. Because one thing I taught myself is you never know until you ask. Oh, right. yeah. The numbers make right. 1.1, sending right. me off at 1.1. The, the most right. painful thing you can get is a no. Yeah. 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 And it's not going to make you bleed, right? Most definitely. It's <laughs> but it will gain you experience. <laughs> when you had a question about 200, um, 200 um, <laughs> agents. Yeah. I guess the real question for someone who's wanting to move into property doesn't know where to start it's actually two questions after is where are you getting these agents and how do you start right like what do you say on the phone yeah you know someone is listening to this and they like I want money I've got the time I just don't have the money but I've got a cell phone I've got internet I want to do what you're doing how do they start and then the second question that goes with that is how do you keep going up until you get the first yes? Because, I mean, you said to us you got to 67 agents before you got your first deal. So how do you keep going? What is it that you do to keep going? So, yeah, please can you answer those questions? It will really, really help people who are looking, who are listening to this and thinking this is another way to make money in property. Okay, so to answer the first question, what I would say, uh, if I remember the question correctly, uh, there's so much information, but for what I tell myself in relation to the agents I speak to, or if I want to, let me see if I can get myself together here. Okay, so... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, 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 I was just trying to piece everything together so I can give you something very practical okay. instead of just giving you theoretical things. So, first of all, you, you have to know what you're looking for. Like, as, 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 as a sourcing agent or whatever, whether it's money or, or, or to build relationships, you have to know what you're looking for when you're entering the sourcing game because <laughs> not everyone is going to take no's. 67 times in a row not everybody's going to do that and you have to find out why you want to do that and the best way to get started for me is to get a mentor and that's what I did because you you actually have a backbone to work with you have someone practical to kind of teach you how to do it when to do it and exactly but if you don't if you don't have that and you have maybe minimal uh, knowledge on the deals you're working with or you don't really have uh, money to pay a mentor or something like that what I would suggest is Familiar, familiarize yourself with ROI, which is return on investment and equity mm. release. So you go out in any area, let's say, for example, my favorite, which is this valley, you go into this valley and you're looking at the properties on the market, all of them, maybe two bedrooms, three bedrooms are on the right. market for 1.1 million. What yeah. your goal should be, any one of those properties, see if you can negotiate, it, negotiate them 50%. That's, that's the first thing you got to do. Any property that's listed on Property24 in Bears Valley, see if you can negotiate it 50%. So call every agent, if you have to, till you get one that will give you that property at 50%. Then what's going to happen is you're not going to reach that 50%, but you're going to reach 20%. You're going to reach... Mm, mm. Has he disappeared? Okay. 
No, he's there. Sorry, on, on just a single property. Uh, I'm back, I'm back. Sorry, just someone was trying to call me there. Oh, so okay. You, you already get 300k equity release on that one property. Right. Yeah, I'm hearing his phone again. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I keep losing you. They they keep trying to get hold of me. I'm really sorry. I'm really sorry. sorry. Yeah, we but... can hear the phone. <laughs> <laughs> but when so... you are promising this agent, um, let's say he's selling a property at seven hundred thousand, and you say I want to buy it at five hundred thousand, are you going to apply for a loan yourself? How, where are you getting this 500 that you are promising them? What do you write on the OTP? Are you applying for a bond? So it usually depends on the deal I'm working with. So if yeah. the deal makes sense in terms of uh, ROI via bond, I write yeah. it, I'm going to take a bond. What I usually do is I write my name, Alika Shindi Alfred, and or nominee, right? So what I'm going to do is I'm going to nominate a candidate within oh, okay. the next 15 days after due diligence period so that that keeps you on the safe side. You tell yeah. the agent, I'm going to nominate a business partner, but I have to know the deal makes sense. I can't just be calling people if the deal doesn't make yeah. financial sense. So give yeah. me the 15 days to package this deal, get it together, and I'll purchase it, it with uh, a nominee or the nominee will, will purchase it themselves. Okay. So that's what I usually write on the OTP. Mm -hmm. But... Well, once you familiarize yourself with, with ROI, you can kind of mash it together. So you have equity release and you have high return on investment. And what Tony told me is if you have a good deal, you will find a buyer no matter of what. Of course. Because what happens is if... Why do I feel like I am hearing the phone again? <laughs> so you tell them you, you have... You, you have this nice deal where you get 300k wow <laughs> sorry about that guys we have got sorry. a technical issue here Alfred yeah. is being interviewed via his phone he told you his business runs from the phone and <laughs> <laughs> because he's a sourcing agent his phone goes off anytime anyhow <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> in the middle that's, of that's the interview. That's so true. That's yeah. so true. I'm so sorry. I'm so, so it's sorry. Right. Oh, but... It's okay. You okay. did say your business runs from the phone and we're interviewing <laughs> you from the phone. Everything. It's all good. I, every, that's all I need. I did my proposal on my phone. I did finding my... <sighs> okay. Alfred, are you back? with us people can you still hear me yes we can yes we oh, can okay okay anyway so just to sum it up uh, i don't remember where i was but you have to have a nice deal where the roi makes sense or correlates with the equity release so that when you're telling someone you're telling them what they are saving and what you actually did for them what value did you add to this property uh, i negotiated the price and i'm giving you a higher cash flow, positive cash flow. And then that's what you can, you can start advertising it, sending it to your friends, your family, talk about it. Because once you start talking about it, uh, people actually listen because there, there, there are a lot of 
uh, investors out there who are itching to, to buy their first property, but they're too scared. They don't know how to. They don't know what to look for. Yeah. And if you send them a detailed proposal where you look professional, you send them the numbers, you have all the legal documents, they'll actually believe you because you're trying to sell them a property. You're trying to sell them an investment. You're trying to sell them a deal here. And totally. True. So if you do that, you will definitely, uh, over time, make it because they know over time compound into yeses because what happened is my plan was to source one deal every month for 10,000 right. each and at the end of the year I was going to have 125,000 or right. 120,000 in total at the end of the year uh, I only sourced my deal my first deal the first eight months yeah. <laughs> and then the remainder of this year that's when I sourced my remaining three and that's how I managed to reach 150,000, even though my target was initially 120. 25. And I, 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 I already gave up on the eighth month when I got 8,000. I was like, I'm, I'm, I'm done. I'm happy. <laughs> I'm happy. <laughs> I am. This was hard work. And the mistake I made, which Tony kind of corrected, was yeah. uh, I actually thought I was working on the, eight, uh, the deal for eight months. And I got 8,000. That was not actually what happened. What That's actually what happened was Tony told me that the time you invest on this specific deal is your actual time traded for money. So when exactly. I was running the math, I only spent four hours on this deal. So my time was actually worth 2,000 rand an hour. So I only totally. spent four hours on this deal and my time was worth 2,000 an hour. And I come from a job where I used to earn only 14 rand an hour. And I was like, my, my mindset sure. from that yeah. Where yeah. my 14, uh, 14 uh, rand an hour turned to 200, uh, 2000 rand an hour. And I was like, wow. Aww. And from there on, it up here. And now my That's time is worth maybe 12,000 rand an hour. That's amazing. It starts to compound, though, right? Yeah. Because Most definitely. the first time it took you eight months to put together a deal. And now within a few, within a short space of time, did you say uh, for, <laughs> yes, the, for the four months you've made 150,000 rand? Uh, yes, for, for the, four, for the four, four months after the eighth month, that's when I yeah. saw three deals. Oh, wow. I'm, I'm, I'm getting a payout in month end because what happened is I told you, Mbangile, the reason... <laughs> I made it late was because of my bank account being frozen. Yes. But now that it's yeah. unlocked, you can actually ask the, the investors to kind of send me my sourcing fee as well. Absolutely. <laughs> so that's, that's... Absolutely. Wow. And what I like, what I like about what you're saying is I I, t- I tell people, even those who are buying who are buying properties, that you go and shop for 30 properties. That's how it happens, actually. You shop, and shopping does not mean buying. You shop 30 properties. Maybe you'll consider 10 of them. Mm. You will only put in offer on three, and you end up with one deal. And I think yeah. the, biggest, the biggest thing that we do in this life of Instagram and instant things is that we think, mm. I'm going to look for one or two deals and then get my deal. That's mm. how we get into the. That's how we mm. we really really shoot ourselves in the in the foot because we give up too easily. You speak to sixty seven real estate agents, and only number sixty seven where you get a deal that works. 
that's how it works in real estate. I think you need more patience for you to actually make this money quicker. So, yeah. wow. wow, man. This so, is so powerful. Thing. Yeah. Oh my yeah. God. So, um, I'm very, very interested, Alfred, in can you tell us, you've told us that you work with the real estate agents. Who else is on your tribe that you are busy working on? And also, even before you answer that, I'm sure we are all fascinated because I'm also interested. Do your parents know what you've been up to? And <laughs> guys, you come know, on, we must, we must all be interested at this point. Do they know the cool things that you've been doing and the money that you've been making? Do they know about this now? <laughs> I wouldn't say yes. Um, they, they don't actually know because I love keeping my things private till I actually become bigger than, so big I can't hide it anymore. That's how yeah. I kind of look at it. So what I told them was, uh, I'm actually working currently. What I did was I hired myself. So I opened up my company and I hired myself as a director and I pay mm. myself 2,000 rand a month. And I show my mom, this is my 2,000 rand salary from where I work. So I'm working, <laughs> mommy. Can you please like uh, put a little pressure or lift a little pressure off my weight? And she doesn't put that much pressure because she thinks I'm earning a decent salary because I don't think me telling her and like maybe 12,000 rand an hour is, 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 is something logical to do at this current moment until I actually found, I find my footing and I get my business structures correct and I uh, get my team in order uh, to tell you about my team, which was your first question. Uh, what I actually yeah. have is I have 200 agents, which I speak to not on a Absolutely. daily, but I, I'm very picky with my agents because I know yeah. their experiences. I have records. I have agents that send me uh, good morning um, pictures or whatever motivational quotes every morning to keep my day up and I'm like amazing and that's like my 17th agent the, the like her name is Dolore and I was working on a deal with her a long time I even forgot what deal I worked on but she still sends me messages today and I know she has yeah. nice deals but I'm too um, it's December I don't want to work on deals it's December <laughs> I'll call in January uh, but oh. the team I currently have is other than the, those 200 agents i have one mentor which is tony nikovich amazing mm. property mentor. i was with him since day one and uh, i'll still be with him for a long time and i'm planning on becoming a mentor sometime next year he told me i need to buy a car first so once i get that maybe i might be a mentor and teach people how to source deals as well yeah. and i have over 21 different investors which i try Really? to give them the best deals uh, the most wow. uh, uh, lucrative ones as possible uh, along right. those uh, Mr. Tanya himself and even Tony I once tried to source Tony a deal as well <laughs> so my, my deals are very lucrative uh, and you know if your mentor is willing to take a deal from a student then the deal must be good <laughs> must be good yeah wow. I think you did a I don't know. He was telling me of a deal in Berea the other time, a few, like about two months ago, that uh, he, someone gave him a deal for like 60,000 rand, like an entire apartment that was worth like 200,000. They came to him with it and they were like, do you want it for 60,000? And at the time I was like, yes, Tony, sell it to me. And then afterwards I was like, on second thoughts, 
please no. don't. Like, I just want to do the property stock file now. <laughs> like, all that money is going into the property stock file. But well, yeah. This is such an incredible story, Alfred, because when I, I am a mentor myself and when I tell um, when I tell mentees that don't worry about real estate agents who tell you, no, you can't, no, you, you can't get that at that price and whatever. You need an agent who is an investor. Mm. That's how you're going to get a better deal because yes. all the vanilla real estate agents who ah no they are going to sell a property this way and they are waiting for their six percent. Those those people don't know they don't, don't know that real estate yeah. is bigger than that. And when yeah. someone's um, job is to be a real estate agent, find a buyer, show a house, sell, get six percent. That's your vanilla real estate agent. And it's all right. Mm. It's fine. But you find yourself an Alfred, guys. You find yourself an yes. Alfred when you're a property investor. You don't just pick things. And also, you don't run around mm. as an investor because there are many agents who are like Alfred, who know where to look for the deals. They mm. get the off-market deals. They don't even pick them mm. from Property24, private property. So this is an amazing story, Alfred. But I am just in admiration of your age and the mindset you have, the can-do mindset. Yes, I can, you know. I'm I'm, I'm, I'm super stoked about that. When I tell people there is a way of starting a real estate journey with zero cents. Yes. Zero. Can I I tell you guys a fantastic story? Yeah. Yeah. Um, you see, the, the first investor I actually sourced my first deal to, his name is Mr. Nchime. Uh, what happened was I met him six months after I actually secured the deal with him and I profited from it. And we're sitting and having lunch. And he was like, yo, Alfred, why are you so hungry, man? What are you chasing? What are you after? I told him, no, I just, I just want to make an investment. You know, I'm, I'm born from where no one actually believed that I could be something. And then yeah. here yeah. I'm getting congratulated for speaking to 200 agents. Uh, I'm yeah. getting congratulated for working on so many deals. Well, I feel like I haven't done anything yet. I still need to go push two times as harder than I did last time. But he, he, really, he, he really found the kind of structure mm-hmm. in me and he really believed in me. And what he yeah. did, he, he told me that, Alfred, if you can draft me a proposal on how you're going to pay me maybe 2,000 rand a month, uh, which is the actual, he was actually planning on giving me a salary of 20,000 rand every month for me to buy my first property. He was actually willing to employ me and pay me 20,000 rand every month so I can actually go get a loan, a tough on one deal and actually secure it. So he was willing to give me 20,000 rand if I can prove to him that I can find a way to pay his sar because when he pays me a salary, they, 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 I think they tax him on the employee tax. I'm not sure what it's called. I'm sorry. You are uh, the payee. Yeah. Yes, payee. Yes. So they were Trust me, as an entrepreneur, you will soon remember yeah. that because <laughs> SARS will want that money. Definitely. So he told me if I can drop the proposal telling him how I can pay that 2,000 rand every month, he'll give me that 20 grand every month, no problem. And I was like, wow. Wow, So that you can have uh, my first property. Yes. Oh, so you can have a pay slip for TAF or for the bank. Yes, so I can have a track record of my 
uh, income statements and blah, blah, so I can actually apply for a loan. And I was like, wow, amazing. Wow. And that was just from saying your story. So if you guys or anyone is looking for inspiration, what you have to do is just be practical. Or what I yeah. usually say, which is the most easiest thing to do, just speak to one agent every day. Just to call mm. them, ask them even how their day was. You don't need to really uh, work on That's a deal. True. But what I usually do is I, I pick up the phone and say, hey, my name is Alfred. I'm scrolling through Property 24 and I'm itching to buy a property today. And I think you are the only one that can help me. And <laughs> the agent laugh, which is very serious. Nice. They won't laugh. And, uh, and then what happens is they'll tell me, what are you looking for? And then these questions are what structure you as a sourcing agent. Because when they ask you, what are you looking for? You have to know what you're looking for, right? And then you tell them what you're looking for. And then whatever question they throw back at you, if you don't understand, that means you got to hang up the phone and go answer that question via Google or, or YouTube or Ask Tony, which is what I always do. And then you speak to the next agent by doing the same template over and over and over. And what you're actually mm. gaining here is experience. So the more agents you speak to, the more experience you get. The more experience you get, the better you become. The better you become, the more investors you can attract. And before you know it, you actually grow exponentially. Because I don't believe in constant growth. I believe that maybe I'll be going stagnant for the next four years of my life. And only on the fifth year, that's when everything will change. And I'm really willing to accept that as a a person. I'm willing to, Mm. to, to sacrifice a certain period of my life where I'll feel nothing but, let's say, pain. Uh, staying up all night, working on the deals, trading, uh, whatever I do to to help me get an income. And I'm willing to sacrifice that for a better future. Maybe when I'm 25, I don't have to stress about going to a viewing or not having to <laughs> <laughs> about 25. You know, right? right? I love it. I love it. Alfred, this has been such an amazing story. He's like, story. yeah, maybe when I'm 25, I'll be when I'm 25. <laughs> Most definitely. <laughs> Guys, really, I and, and I'm just thinking. I suck as an agent, Alfred. I am a real estate agent. Maybe you should give oh, me a maybe. call. Most definitely, <laughs> most definitely. Maybe you'll be my 201th agent. <laughs> I'm gonna get a number as well. Well, thank you so much. I don't know about you, Ben. I think. I think this story is just so unique. You don't want to clutter it with anything else. It is so amazing. Really. This was phenomenal. So I'm also full. We can definitely move on to the next segment. On to the next segment of our show, magical feedback from our hosts, where our hosts share their three takeaways from today's episode. Okay, so guys, we're doing magical feedback and Mizo is going to start us off as usual. Such an unfair thing to do to me. I have got more than 11 takeaways. So which one <laughs> I start with? Well, I think I'm going to start with this one because I'm, I'm there with Alfred. He says, if I wasn't doing real estate, I would be doing real estate. <laughs> That's how I feel, guys. <laughs> that's how I. F- that's just how I feel so deeply because the minute I had pegged down that my career is my career, it's on the side. My other career of being mother is on the side. But what's going to bring me real wealth is real estate. Anything real estate interests me. Anything, everything. Mm. And I see real estate in the slightest little things, piece of ground, piece of 
real estate, peace. You, you know, I'm, I'm, if I wasn't doing this, I would still be doing this. That's what I'm saying. You know, I, I, I wish for everybody to find something that they love as much, mm. honestly. I'm forever looking at deals, things that have nothing to do today. I was looking at properties in Hermanas of all places out in the Western Cape, 10 million rent houses. Don't ask me why, because, just because. Really. Because you love it. You're passionate I it about much. it. I love that it. That is much. beautiful. Yeah. Mm, yeah. I love that. I love, I, I get it. it. That's when you know you're on the right path because yeah. nothing like you just, you're, your entire spirit is filled. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's so beautiful, Mizo. Yeah. I definitely feel like if I wasn't doing wealthy money, I would still be doing wealthy money. I That's was doing thing. wealthy money before <laughs> even I was running wealthy money. I was, I was coaching people without getting paid. I was like so involved in people's traumas and dissecting and analyzing sure. without getting paid. So I get what you're saying. I understand it. So my first takeaway is how Alfred decided at such a young age that he would not seek outside validation. He would listen to his own inner voice and his own validation would be the most important thing to him in his life. So this for me is just so powerful because I think that It took me years and years. And it's only when I started on the healing journey in my late 20s, where I started to realize, no, I need to really focus on my own inner validation, you know, and even and then like, so I was able to get over the validation of other people, but he even got to the point where he was like, I don't even need my parents' validation. That then took me a few more years to get there. And guys, let me say how important that is, that once you make that decision, it means that you can trust yourself. What's going on within you becomes the most important thing. It becomes easier to hear your intuition, which is what's going to help you grow so much faster. Like how Alfred was like, I know real estate is my thing. I'm going to drop out of school. I'm going to drop out of university. Not that I commend that, right? Or don't commend it. I don't have an opinion on it because everyone is, um, everyone is different, right? But he was able to say, this is not the path for me, yeah. right? And then follow that, which is so, so important. Important, yeah. You know, it's especially, amazing. Especially when the validation was not coming from the safest place, Vangilin. Yes, Mom, of course. Mothers are supposed, are supposedly supposed to be yeah. the safest place that you have. And when yeah. it doesn't come from there, you either learn yeah. to get it from, from yourself and your strong mm-hmm. self, or you're going to get pieces of validation that is like tattered and torn yeah. from all over in the world. Yes. I, I think that's such a, for him and for all yeah. of us, if we could get there very quickly, we would yeah. spend less time in relationships that don't count. 
that we yes. have no business being in as well. Yep. That is such a powerful thing. Oh, yeah, relationship. that's also a very powerful thing that you just said, Mizo, yeah. because most of us are also in relationships. So we stay in relationships that don't benefit us and definitely even set us back financially and emotionally on an emotional well-being scale because we're looking for validation, looking especially for validation. from our parents, right? That if I leave this marriage or this relationship what will my mother say what will my father say but at the expense of your own life so what he that decision that he made is one of the most critical financial decisions it is you know it doesn't look like a money decision but it is a it is very much a money decision it is a money decision it absolutely is a money decision i can personally attest to that can we Mm. talk a little bit about um, compound interest in my second takeaway then yeah here's how compound interest works again we're not even talking about money but we're talking about money he has personally called 201 real estate agents it took him eight months to close on the first deal Mm. right and he spends one day each day talking to just one real estate agent and he only got his first deal that was lucrative that went through at agent number 67 that's how compound interest actually works in the banks even in shares the time your money spends in circulation on, yeah. this, on the on the stock exchange is what builds your wealth mm. nothing else the fast and furious i have no idea where it all came from mm. but compound interest works even in compound time compound number of calls compound number of relationships that's what that was mm. my takeaway that's how compound interest works mm. i really like that and he wow. has understood it at this young age I am so inspired this this evening. Honestly, I'm blown away. I am deeply inspired. Yeah. Very, very deeply yeah. inspired. Yeah. I love it. Like, I, yeah. I love what I've heard. I am just so inspired. Totally. Uh, my second takeaway was how Alfred understood his risk profile. There's a lot of self-awareness that he's given us in this podcast. He, right. he spoke a lot about mindset, right. how he worked on his mindset, right. how he went, he got a mentor. He understood he didn't know what he didn't know, but he was able to say, I've got the ability to take risks, mm-hmm. right? So I'm going to figure this out. I yeah. think that's important. There's nothing wrong with not being a risk taker, guys. If you're not a risk taker, there's still something for you that you can do in property. There's other ways that you can invest in property and do property. But when you know that you've got a huge capacity for risk, that just changes the game because that means that you can, there's other things that you can now do that someone who is not a risk, a risk taker doesn't do. Doesn't do. Right? Isn't so, it? so important to understand and to know this. So, oh my gosh, actually, that's, that's what this podcast is about, right? It yeah. is about mindset. I see that yes. now. Okay. I am yeah. so, I don't know which takeaway to take away. 
that's what is yeah. <laughs> anyway let's <laughs> okay i'm gonna talk about relationships because we mm. talk about it all the time mm. as a sourcing agent clearly he has understood who his tribe is and mm. his tribe is 21 investors his mentor mm. and the 201 real estate agents yes he understands his business he really yes. understands his business and then added to that are his tools a working internet network and a phone yeah Halas, that's it <laughs> i mean really this boy <laughs> right oh and i gosh. just i guess my final takeaway because i was that child that knew exactly what they were going to do with their lives yeah. at a young age is I just want to say as a takeaway for parents, most parents always think that they know what their kids should do. I would tell my parents from a very young age, I'm just going to travel and live in different countries and I'm never going to work for anyone. And they would be like, how are you going to make money? I was like, I just don't see myself working. I just see myself sleeping and somehow I'm living. Right. And guys, this is my adult life. This is what I've been doing as an adult. I've been, that's all I've done my entire adult life is travel and move countries. But yeah. we've heard from Lee We've now heard from Alfred. They are really young. We heard from Cohen as well. These boys are really young and they yeah. knew from such a young age that this was their path. And yeah. I'm just thinking, that's why I was asking about Alfred's mom, because she was thinking her son doesn't need to do sports. He needs to be in science and math. And that's the only way I for know, him to shame. grow, right? And to make money. If you're a parent and your child is telling you who they are, my takeaway from this is listen. If they're telling you that they're going to be in real estate, they're going to make money, support it. Look at what Alfred is doing. And I think that the sad thing for us, and I think another thing that we need to work on in order to build generational wealth as a people is this, is to support our children in their dreams. Because what happens is that parents make it that much harder, harder. For, for the children to go and reach their dreams. So my full takeaway is human again, this is again, not to do with real estate, but honestly, my teachings around this is that every human soul comes knowing themselves, themselves. and we literally cloud that knowledge with our own fears and dramas. So just Understand that every human soul comes here knowing who they knowing. are. Yeah. You woke us up then. And yeah, I think I think this is such an important lesson for parents. And he has navigated his parents because mm. his inner self is in a hurry to achieve yeah. what the inner self knows it needs. Yeah. Right. I think I think yeah. that's such an incredible takeaway. Guys, we have got 11 and 1 <laughs> takeaways. It's just not possible. So we're going to ask you to please, please share your own takeaways from yeah. this because this is one of those incredible, incredible podcasts. This podcast keeps getting better. It does. Thank Love you. It. Let's move on to the next segment of the show. Now on to the journey to magical expansion, where we ask our guests the same five questions we ask every guest. 
So guys, welcome to Magical Expansion. This is the part of the show where we ask our guests the same four questions, uh, the same five or six questions. Now they keep growing. <laughs> I'm going to have Misa ask her favorite question to start this us off. This is my favorite question. I know you, 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 you referred to it a little bit, but I want you to share a book that changed your life, Alfred. One book. Oh, you can make it two because you are Alfred. <laughs> most definitely so if i was to pick two i'll pick them in the specific order think and grow okay. rich first book second book is millionaire fast lane by mj DiMarco. and okay. let me speak uh, more about millionaire fast lane what i love yeah. about that book is it gave me an analogy it said think of life as a, a gumball machine and in that gumball machine there's a yeah. hundred balls and yeah. out of those hundred balls 80 of them are white balls. Uh, let's say 10 of them are orange. Yeah. Five of them are red. And then five of them are gold. And yeah. what you do or what everyone does, everyone just pulls a lever. That's all you have to do, which is what I call action. You have right. to pull the lever. And out of the, 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 that ball machine, the more white balls that come out, the, the more likely you are to strike gold. gold so if you hit yeah. a red, you hit a red ball, which is something very negative and very uh, psychologically impactive and it kind of forces you to change, that's good right. because you know now you're left with four red balls. Then when you yeah. hit three, uh, when you're left with three, two, one, and then once you're done with all your red balls, you, you, you wait for those five uh, gold balls to come out. So whenever I speak to agents and I get a no, that's yeah. just the white ball coming out, white ball. So the more I press, the more agents I speak to, the more white balls come out. And the more I wait for those five uh, nice gold balls that really transform me and really turn me into the person I am today. Absolutely. So that's kind of what keeps me going. If you're looking to, to, to ask what, what keeps me driven, is just pulling that lever and getting as much white balls out as out. possible flushing them out mm. look at me i've read the book and i had forgotten the gumball book the, the gumball <laughs> analogy i remember the hours the hours where he calculates you work for 40 years multiplied by the number of years you've worked and then there you are and you still have oh my god it hurts my oh gosh this sounds ear. like a good book i need to it, go read it oh no 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 <laughs> millionaire fast lane is amazing amazing who, yeah. re- who wrote it J.D. Marco. J.D. Marco. J.D. Marco. J and then D-E and then space Marco. M-A-R-C-O. Oh, J.D. Marco. Okay. Wow. It's amazing. It's amazing. It hurts hurts people like myself, the corporate animals. But it's (laughs) there. It is, it is an amazing book. You need to read it and you need to read it when you are 21. It makes the impact so that you think about where you're going for the next 40 years. This working mm. for 40 years and putting money in the bank ain't going to build wealth. I don't care. Mm. Yeah, I know. The work, they lost me at a very early age of yeah. working for 40 years. I was like, I don't see it. I don't see work. Like the first month in a corporate job, I was like, well, sort of corporate job, <laughs> my part-time job. <laughs> Those yeah. four hours in the office, I was like, this cannot be life. Yeah, <laughs> like, so. yeah this is hard though. Yeah. Alfred, this is amazing that you've read that book and that you had that yeah. epiphany. What keeps you inspired, Alfred? 
Um, can I be honest from the bottom of my heart? What actually inspired <laughs> is, is Tony, Tony Nikovic. And why oh, I say that my God. is because uh, I grew up where nobody actually believed you can become something. Even Absolutely. now, currently, as I speak, I tell everybody, I never introduce myself as a sourcing agent or I work or whatever. I'm at what yeah. school, whatever. I tell them. I'm a real estate investor. That's what I do. If you ask me my occupations, yeah. I'm a real estate investor. I yeah. can, and I don't lie about that. Like, I can lie about other things, but not what I am. And the reason yeah. why I don't do this is because uh, I grew up in Johannesburg CBD where you're not really amount to, you're not, you're not destined to amount for anything. But then Tony, when I didn't have money to pay for his mentoring program, he still picked yeah. up my call. He still replied to my text messages. He still listened to me rant about my deals. Dad. He still read through my proposals. And those things are priceless because I didn't pay him for that. He I just gave me out yeah. of his own So then know. now I feel like if someone is willing to believe in you that much, why would you do anything less than 100% of who you can become? Because he believes in you. He believes that yeah. you can become 10 times greater than you are now. So whenever I am working... That sounds like Tony. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when I'm when I'm uh, sitting down working on deals, or I lose a few deals, or uh, negative <laughs> things happen, I always remember Tony will call me one day out of the blue, maybe a Monday, yeah. or Wednesday. You never know, and he's gonna ask me, "Hey, Alfred, what what have you been up to?" And yeah. I made it a habit that whenever he calls me, I'll always be prepared to tell him yesterday I was working on a deal. So that's Absolutely. what kind of changed uh, everything day. Whenever he calls me, even when we're going for the, uh, usually he hosts a Q and A Q&A every Sunday. Uh, yeah. Or gathers one, so he will ask me about the deals I have, and he'll congratulate me on the deals I've secured, and that's really what matters to me most. That really Out of all the inspires things I do, you. That's 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 beautiful. Oh, that's awesome, Alfred. That is I awesome. I so concur with that. The amount of times, guys, that I have cried to Tony on a call about <laughs> random shit, you know, mm-hmm. and he's listened. It's priceless. So it I is. know what you're talking about. Yeah, he has listened to me a lot. <laughs> shout out! Shout out to to Tony. That is our guest number fifty-seven, guys. Yeah, he is a property mentor and. What you don't know, Alfred, Alfred, as a mentor as well, you probably inspire him. The reason why he continues, because mentoring, the, mentoring is priceless, guys. There's yeah. no price to it, actually, you know, because mm-hmm. you, you get involved and entangled and you get insight of the story of each one of your mentees. So it's not something that I, I don't even know if a price tag can be put to it because you so i was saying as a mentor you probably inspire tony because what i know as a mentor is that mentoring someone is so priceless there shouldn't even be a price to mentoring you you make him wake up and want to do better and to give you practical steps of things to do yeah that's what why is miso's network doing this now your network started acting. Oh, you could hear her perfectly? Perfect. Yeah, it's I you. Very nice. Oh, it's me. It says my bandwidth yeah. is low. I apologize. Yeah. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Anyway, Alfred, let's go to number, th- number three. 
What do you wish you had known before embarking on your property investment journey or before becoming a sourcing agent? Do you have any regrets? <laughs> I don't have yet. I'm too young to have regrets. But the awesome. only thing, <laughs> thing I wish I knew when I was growing up or maybe when I was in high school or primary is this thing of stopping to compare yourself with other people. So I always thought I was in a race with my classmates. So let's say, for example, uh, when I come out first in a test, I'll be so happy, but I only got 50-something percent. So I used yeah. to compare myself to other people and not really compare myself to how effective and how efficient I am. Yeah. And one of my friends told me, uh, his name is Kanye, I remember this very profound. He said uh, he, was, he was actually good at math, so he got 90% in math in grade 12. And right. when we were clapping for him, he pulled me to the side and said, you know, the one thing I hate about all this is you guys are clapping for me now when I'm doing this in grade 12, but I actually started this thing in grade 8. I was actually working hard in grade 8 and grade 9 and grade 10. And in yeah. grade 12, I'm just eating the fruits of my labor. So then that's what kind of taught me compound interest. And that's why I'm doing what I'm doing compound currently, where I'm investing interest. as much time as I can now by doing 1% every day. And hopefully I'll be 30 times, 37 times better than I am at the end of the year. And awesome. that's the only awesome. thing I kind of mm. wish I knew earlier. Mm. So I could have started this journey at grade eight and maybe for, you know, yeah. I could have been a millionaire. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Alfred, I, uh, you want to have started in the womb, Weda. Yeah, most definitely. <laughs> wow. Wow. So Alfred, what do you think you still need to learn in property? Uh, I think I lack experience. I think that's very clear. I, 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 I'm, I'm not very experienced in terms of uh, OTP, running a whole team or getting, uh, maybe let's say, for example, I want to open a branch of triplex property sourcing. I don't know how I'm going to do that. I don't have business experience in terms of running a whole real estate sourcing business as a whole. And I think I need to kind of work on that more where I can kind of find a way to scale that and really grow it into something profound. Because what I actually sure. want to do is maybe create a, a platform in which, because I heard one of your podcasts, the, the, the biggest problem I heard is that you guys hate the fact that you can't really manage your, your portfolio assets or on your phones or something. You can't really check uh, how much levies you're paying for all your assets at once. And it doesn't really refresh on the go. So I think maybe yeah. if we can create a, a platform in which your whole asset portfolio is in the palm of your hands and you can kind of access how much you have uh, spent, how much you, you, you have on loans, instead of having to draft up a light zone report, this thing is very accurate. And I also yeah. want to create something like, a, I, I realize that sellers, they, they, they overvalue their price. So I want to maybe create an app where uh, I, I take the highest it has sold, the lowest it has sold, and the average, and then add them all together, divide them by three, and get, and it kind of gives you the market value or what every investor is willing to pay for your property. For so property. all of us can see this price. We all know your property is worth 1.1 million, and you just have to convince us otherwise. And I think that will make it much easier in the negotiation process because we all have that one specific thing to look at. And now we don't have that because we're taking from Lightstone report, we're taking from market value, we're taking from agents uh, hearsay, and it's very all over the place. And I think we kind of need to digitalize that and systemize it more. We'll be waiting for you to, to develop that, but also oh, so remember, 
<laughs> Remember, our properties are tied to emotions and emotion is priceless. So, of course, when I'm sitting in my house, it's a castle. So don't come and tell me it's worth 1.1 million. When <laughs> That's how we make money in actuality. But I think the, 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 the emotion part will still work because yeah. you choose what you buy it and sell it for. But then Absolutely. what I'm just doing is I'm taking the average and, and making it, uh, if you're happy with selling it at that average, then sure, sure be. It depends on the area, but uh, it's something I'll have to work on. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And you, you are all the change we've been waiting for. So my last question to you is what property resource do you want to share with our, with our property investors? Which one tool do you use that you go to besides Tony? We've heard about Tony. I was about to say Tony. <laughs> what other resources do you use as a sourcing agent that you want people to go to? Uh, for me, my resources are very practical because yeah. in order for you to be a sourcing agent, you need to do something. I wouldn't say go on Property24 or read right. a book or whatever. Right. What I would say my biggest resource is Property24 and calling, let's say, for example, any area, pick whatever area you feel like and just call one agent every day. Absolutely. That's the resource I'll give Absolutely. you. These agents are free. They will pick up your phone at any time. I have exactly. agents that work on a Sunday, but just do once, even if it's for five minutes, even if you're just calling to say hello and hear the, the sound of that agent's voice, most definitely, then you can record the conversation and try and record as many agents as you, like record the number of agents you speak to because that gives you a track record and you can actually kind of keep track of how far you have gone and how mm -hmm. far you have evolved instead of just speaking for the sake of speaking. Absolutely. That's oh, that's, maybe give them. that's such a good idea. Like keeping track of all the things that you've been doing along the way. It's also very, it's how you motivate yourself, right? When you're feeling mm -hmm. down. It's also a good way to go. It's also good to go back and look at it. Oh, wow. So, okay. We have now reached the end of the show where we ask, how do people get hold of you? But also, what was your intention when you came on this podcast? What, what is your intention? You can say, I want to connect to more investors. I want to grow my investor database. If you've got a deal that is in the pipeline that you want to share, go ahead and share. Maybe your next investor is on here. So what was your intention for coming on this show and how do people get hold of you? Um, you can get a hold of me on Facebook. My name is Alika Shindi Alfred. Also on Instagram, you can follow me. I, I really post on Instagram, but I'm mostly active in Facebook where I interact in um, property groups like SA Property Networks as well, uh, Elite Property Investors. So I try to keep my activeness on Facebook mostly. And my intention entering here uh, was just to, to actually be part of this because you have actually interviewed a lot of people. You have interviewed Tyrell Jack, Andrew Walker, um, Lisa King, Oi Kanya, and I really wanted to be a part of them. I just wanted to actually feel how they felt when they were in the same atmosphere as you, and I'm so grateful I'm here. I, I love it. Because I know I'm going to be speaking to you guys in the next five six years, even 10, or even if it's two, two years, years, you're going to call me. Alfred, you already speak to me. So. Two years. 
you are speaking to me already. The agent sucks. Most definitely. So that was my goal to just really be part of the family. Wow! Um, wow! Well honored. Yeah. We honored, and and this is what happens actually, Alfred. This podcast actually continues to build circles and tribes. And that's, that's exactly how we've got the tribes that we have in property investing. Honestly, it started with this podcast. So you've come to the right place and good luck with your business. Most definitely. Thanks a million. Yeah. Oh, thank thank you for coming through. Thank you for your generosity as well. My goodness. Your energy is infectious. (laughs) I'm glad I made it. Thanks. Yes. And thank you so much, Property Magicians. Thank you so much, Nizor. Guys, if you're listening to this, which is Tuesday, the 31st, the 30th of November. Oh my God, I just gave November an extra day. (laughs) If you're listening to this on Tuesday, the 30th of November, please come through and join us on Thursday, the 2nd of December. We are hosting, uh, we are hosting a webinar on the Wealthy Ones property stock file. And we are discussing the next property deal that we'll be investing in as a stock file, how to make 15% return on investment in three weeks, uh, three months. Ah, sorry, I don't know why I said three weeks. That would be nice though, but three months, (laughs) you'll make 15% ROI and we're going to be talking about that deal with you. So the uh, to join, you go to wealthy-money.com for its live stock file, fill in the form, you'll get all the information and the invite to the uh, to that webinar slash class, right? And also we'll also be talking about what the wealthy ones property stock file plans to achieve in the next five years, how you can get involved, how we're going to be owning properties as we move ahead. So definitely come through, join us. It's at 11, it's at 6 PM South African time or 11 AM Eastern standard time. If you miss it, there will be a recording, right? So just make sure you sign up and you can also look for wealthy ones property Stockfell on Stockfella. So Stockfella is S-T-O-K-F-E-L-L-A. And you go on any app store and you'll be able to find Stockfella, download the Stockfella app and look for the Wealthy Ones Property Stockfile, ask to join. And we will give you all the details and all the awesome things that we have planned for this uh, Stockfell moving forward. Uh, in December, um, on December 2nd, Thursday, December 2nd, 2021. So we'll see you guys next in a few days, actually. So in two days after listening to this podcast, head on over, join us. That's it. So thank That's you it. so much for showing up today and for listening to the podcast. We, it was incredible. Thank you, Alfred. Thank you for listening, Property Magicians. My name is Vangile Makwakwa and I am your host on the show. I help people heal their ancestral money stories so that they can fall in love with their bank accounts, become financially free and live their best lives. So if you would love to increase your income or you'd love to pay off your debts and increase your savings, 
contact me. You can contact me on the Wealthy Money website at wealthy-money.com. Again, wealthy-money.com. Or you can email me at vangile at wealthy-money.com. Again, vangile at wealthy-money.com. Find me on Facebook on the Wealthy Money group or on the Wealthy Money page or find me on Twitter and Instagram as Vangile Makwakwa. Now over to my co-host. Thank you for listening. I am Dr. Miranda Prop Doc, Doc Mum on all the social media platforms on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. I'm the host of Property Magicians podcast and I'm a property mentor. I mentor newbie property investors to help them to begin and to take action. Your journey into property investment begins with me from property registration, from property company registration to picking the correct strategy that suits where you are at. Find me on my inbox at miranda at wealthy-money.com. Again, inbox me at miranda at wealthymoney.com if you want me to help you start your property journey.